is. It's me. It's TRG, the Ramblin' Gambler, a visionary and revolutionary force in gambling lifestyle entertainment, and your host for episode 90 of our Casino Combat Podcast. Welcome, everyone. Thanks for sharing some of your time with me today. If you have just found our squad, thanks for taking the time. Follow along, and we will take you through your very first visit. If you are already part of the squad, fall in. You know how this goes. Let's get started. Ladies and gentlemen, non-binary persons, Dino Hoppy and Dino Mutt, this podcast discusses casinos and gambling. Please do not gamble with money you cannot afford to lose or need to pay your bills. My past performances are not indicative of anyone's future results, including my own. If you have a gambling problem, contact your local problem gambling hotline. If you do not know how to contact your local problem gambling hotline, send an email to help at casinocombat.com. We will find that number for you and make it available to you. Everything I'm going to share with you in this podcast is based in facts. Names and dates have been all protected, innocent, and guilty. Minor items, unrelated outcomes may be omitted in the interest of brevity and clarity. I'm not sure I've ever been accused of brevity, but if I've dropped something out, you know it was unimportant. Let's start with squad news from around the Casino Combat Galaxy. Inner Circle member The Leatherneck Hustler sent me an email recently with the results from a trip he took with his wife. Here is what he sent me. Hey TRG, the missus and I made it back from our Oaklawn trip a couple of weeks ago now, and I am finally getting my notes gathered up to send you our trip report. I appreciate the offer to, of Call in, calling into the virtual VIP lounge, but I think I will save that for another time. On with the report. For continuity in the podcast, I will report in day's pay versus actual dollars amounts. That's excellent. Appreciate you following the template. It makes things easier for everybody to understand. My thoughts, by the way. He didn't actually say that part. Uh, but he continues, we went for a day of thoroughbred racing and we weren't disappointed. My horse race betting knowledge is all based on what I learned by reading betting on horse racing for dummies by Richard Eng in the weeks leading up to my trip. So I bought my copy of the daily racing form online the day before the races and made my initial picks the night before. When I got to the track, I used my phone to look at the picks on the track handicappers and compared those picks with mine for being new to this. I thought my picks were pretty good after seeing theirs, meaning the track handicappers. The track handicapper picks are not released until an hour or so before the first post time. That is why I couldn't check them the night before. Okay, TRG note. That's new information for me. I have to admit, I am learning a lot about horse racing lately, an aspect of gambling I've never spent much time on. So I'm appreciating the education that I'm getting here. Leatherneck Hustler continues, preparation is key. Being new to this, there is no way I could have went in and made educated picks the day of the races right at the track. So out of 11 races that day, I bet on 10 of them. My betting strategy was to bet two horses to show, which is to say place in the top three, that were favored in the race and one somewhat long shot to win. If I won money in a race, I placed the same wager on the next race. If I lost money on a race, I went double my wager amount for the next race. Kind of a martingale. Still no win. I, I would place the same bet. Next bet would start back at the first level, win or lose. Looking back, I think I was betting against myself by betting on three horses every race, meaning my money would have worked better for me if I was only betting two horses to show. And horse betting is set up as a paramutual betting, meaning you're actually betting, you're actually betting against other patrons, which I knew. The track just facilitates the bets and essentially takes a rake from the pot. Again, I also know that. And he says to put that in poker terms. So the final payout odds of the horse are determined based on how much money is bet on the horse. 
The posted odds for a horse can change drastically closer to race time if a bunch of people decide to bet on that horse, effectively lowering the odds for a good payout. If I'm wrong about any of that, feel free to correct me. <laughs> I'm just learning it myself. Yeah, I'm not in the position to correct anyone. I know a little and I am learning a lot, which is part of why I take the time to do this podcast. Uh, TLH continues, at the end of the day, I had wagered a total of one day's pay on all 10 races. I finished the day down one quarter of a day's pay. It's not bad. Easily fixable. In terms of entertainment and education, it was money well spent. We had a blast. And that's an excellent point. Once again, to interject my thoughts here. TLH, the Leatherneck Hustler, our inner circle member, is looking at this and saying, he was not necessarily going in with knowledge to gamble for a profit. He was going in with money he could afford to lose to be entertained by gambling and to learn something about gambling. And he did. He saw things he would do differently. Completely valid forms of gambling. All gambling does not need to necessarily be gambling for profit. I think if I'm going to do it every day, I need to gamble for profit. I need to show a track record. But Gambling to learn things, I would absolutely go to the track and, and try to be smarter than I've been in the past and see what I could really do with some more knowledge and understanding, knowledge and understanding that I get from, from emails like this. To continue. Now on to the casino, he says. Before the races, we actually stopped by the player's service desk in the casino to sign up for a player's card. This was by far the most disappointing part of the trip. Their rewards po program is only good at Oaklawn. They are not associated with any other casino or rewards program. There was no free play for signing up. Well, that's disappointing. <laughs> My comment, but that's really disappointing. And now two weeks after our trip, we haven't received so much as an email or mailer for anything. When signing up, I asked the clerk if there was a host station where I could get my play and on-property spend rated before I check out to see if we played and spent enough to get a portion of our expenses comped. That's smart. That's really, really smart. I was informed that there are no hosts for the casino and they don't rate your play for comps on the spot. Wow, that uh, never heard of a casino with no hosts. Wow, okay, let me, let me get back on his stuff here. Only comps would be points earned, then converted to dollars either at a slot machine or one of the eating establishments on property except for the steakhouse. No comp points there. Only other benefit was a slot, slot loss rebate up to $150 that would come in the form of free play in two or three months to be used for a future visit. So after that disappointing news, I knew from there on out, expenses would be out of pocket. That is a really, uh, my comments again, that is a really, really disappointing reward system. That's, that's, not, uh, that's not encouraging. They're, they're, really not, uh, they're really not incentivizing players to, to come back and be regulars. That's, that's interesting. I, I really learned something there, too. After the races were over, we ate supper at the food court. Court The missus went to the room to relax. Casino gaming and crowds are not really her thing, and I went wandering around the gaming floor. With the races now over, the casino was packed, and that makes sense. Uh, my comment again. I, I really his. I really wanted to play some blackjack, but the table limits were higher than I was comfortable with at $25 per hand. They had probably 10 live blackjack tables and not an empty seat anywhere and that's undoubtedly my comment the result of the fact that the horse races drew people in uh tlh continued but their games had good rules blackjack paid three to two double after split double any two cards resplit aces and surrender okay that's good rules deck penetration was average cutting off about two decks on a six deck shoe yeah not bad 
After wandering around for a few minutes, I found a video blackjack machine in the back corner of the casino with an empty spot. It was one of the machines with the virtual dealer on a video screen and six betting tournaments around it like an actual table. It was a $5 minimum and had the same rules with three to two blackjack. That was great. Usually the $5 table live or video have crappy rules and only pay six to five, at least in the joints I usually go to. Ha! Huh. <laughs> that actually matches my experience as well. He says, I sat down, pl plugged in my player's card, and shoved a quarter of a day's pay into the money slot and proceeded to play for a couple of hours of ups and downs and ended up cashing out one day's pay. Woohoo! Now on to some slots. Okay, that's excellent. That's an excellent result. Quarter of a day's pay in, cashing out a day's pay, quadrupled your money. That's nice. He continues, slots isn't something that I normally play, but I wanted to try out TRG slot strategy El Numero Dos. Long story short, after several losing machines, I ended up down about a quarter day's pay on slots. I'll try the strategy again. I just didn't plan out this trip. It just didn't pan out this trip. That's what he said. Oh, well. I should be getting the loss rebate free play in a couple months, and as long as it's good for a year, I should make it back to the track for another day of races next spring. Sounds like a good plan. That works. He continues. Craps, hands down the most fun you can have in a casino. Casino, in my opinion, anyway. Once again, the table minimums were out of my comfort zone at $25, but lo and behold, the $5 roll-to-win table had an open spot. What is a roll-to-win table, you ask? Well, it is a standard-sized craps table with video betting terminals placed around it, but a real dice, but has real dice, and the players actually roll the dice just like at a real table. Not, be, not to be confused with shoot-to-win table, which looks like it, but has virtual video dice that are rolled by the computer. That's a variation I hadn't seen. I like that these are my comments, obviously. I had not seen the distinction between roll-to-win and shoot-to-win. I like that he's given us some names there that I hadn't quite sorted out. Um, I, I'd seen the, one, the, the video table with real dice and terminals. I had not seen the one where the computer generates the numbers. So that's interesting. Uh, our inner circle member continues. Over the next several hours, I played, lost, won, lost, and won again, all while whooping it up with the other players at the table. Craps is the party zone of the casino. Can't find the craps table, just listen for all the yelling. Ha! So for all that fun, I actually left the table with what I started with. So craps, as far as winning on this trip, was a wash. It was just free entertainment for a few hours. My thoughts. Okay, I'll take that almost any time. If I'm getting decent points, and I have noticed that you don't always get decent points on the video versions of Crafts, but if you're getting points and having fun on Saturday night and you're leaving even, that's a good thing. His email continues. But I just couldn't leave without some real table action at Blackjack. The crowd had thinned out some at this point, and I found a seat at one of the $25 Blackjack tables, waited for that shoe to be finished, and bought in for two days' pay. Three other players at the table, two friends who I wound up sitting between, and one other loner with a stack of black and green in front of him. Of the two friends, one was obviously intoxicated and had just busted his bank on the last shoe just as I was sitting down. He didn't start the new shoe. He was just waiting for his friend to lose his last three green chips, which actually took a little longer than I expected. He made it about seven or eight hands before busting, and then the two left the table. So it's down to me and the other loner. My stack is going up and down as I hold my own for a little bit, and I'm just playing the main blackjack bet. Loner's playing the side bet on every hand for $5 and a $5 tip for the dealer on every hand as his stack is steadily getting smaller. And so now my thought, I hope you all see my thought as it's coming. 
He's tipping away his win. If there is a win to be had, $5 for the dealer on every hand as you're losing is 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 uh, is the road to ruin, in my opinion. But, but, but back to our Inner Circle members' thoughts. He says, I'm all for tipping the dealer, but I don't on every hand for sure. Anyway, I finished out the shoe down about half my buy-in or one day's pay. I went to the cage to cash my chips in and the various pay slips I had from the evening's gambling adventures and called it a night. In, in hindsight, I think my time roll got the best of me on that $25 blackjack table. I wanted the live table and it felt that if I didn't get it right then, I wouldn't get it all on this trip as we were leaving after breakfast the next morning. And I was right. As we were dragging our suitcases to the car the next morning, I told the missus we needed to make one more pass through the casino floor. They were just getting set up, at, set up and opening a few blackjack tables for the small Sunday crowd. $15 minimum. The missus had to drag me out to the car. <laughs> no, not really. But, but had I not ended up on a losing table the night before, we would have made time for one or two shoes at a level I was more comfortable with. Thus, the importance of the time roll. And I absolutely agree with him there. All in all, we needed to, we ended the trip down three quarters of a day's pay in gambling losses. I guess if you include the room in that, we were down two and a quarter days pay. Money well spent, in my opinion, because we had a blast and got a weekend away. Had we not spent it there, we would have spent it on other forms of entertainment. On to the next adventure, the road goes on forever and the party never ends. TLH. A great trip report. I always like sharing how members of the squad are doing. I'm just going to say that I agree. Viewed as entertainment, viewed as gambling for entertainment and gambling with some knowledge and some possibility of success, this sounds like a successful trip to a new casino. Successful for, foray into horse racing, uh, a, a successful weekend away all the way around. And I agree. If you're a couple, for Mrs. TRG and I to gamble as constantly constantly as we do, we have to have success. But if you don't gamble that often, if you're just gambling for entertainment and with some knowledge behind it and intending to make a profit if possible, there's nothing wrong with that. There's nothing wrong with scouting trips. There's nothing wrong with um paying to educate yourself on horse racing. And there's certainly not nothing wrong in priming the pump a little bit and seeing what you get back. It sounds like maybe the get back here isn't going to be ideal, but those are all things that are part of the process. And, and I applaud both the uh, the effort and uh, an inner circle member taking time to share their results with us and teach us a little bit about how to approach horse racing, because that's certainly a gap in my knowledge that I'm trying to fill in. What should we talk about today? What's what's the, what's the battle plan? How, how are we going to roll things out? I'm going to start with a quick uh, results segment. Just a few things from the week that I want to cover. I'm not going to do every table and every gift and every everything. Honestly, I think with things going full blast, hearing all that is, is just going to be repetitious and boring. And uh, so I'm not going to omit results. I'm going to give you the numbers, but I'm not going to give you a detail by detail, blow by blow. Then I'm going to do a travel segment, which I realize is kind of bizarre, right? We're going to do a results segment to give you the results for the week, and then we're going to do a travel segment. I realized after last episode and thinking back through things that I have a couple of quick Atlantic City items that I missed and I really do want to share with you that I think are germane to the topic, as a professor might say. From there, we're going to do a questions my sons ask segment and answer a great question that I think will allow me to 
teach and or reteach some important concepts. It's going to be a bit dense. It's going to be a bit complex, but I think it's going to be educational. I think it's going to be informative. I will try to make it entertaining. We will see if I can hit all three of those points. After that, we will finish up with the results for the month of April 2022 in the virtual VIP lounge. There is the plan. The results segment is next. Let's move out. You might think that we took time off after a week of gambling in Atlantic City. And if you thought that that's reasonable, but you would be wrong. Instead, honestly, as, as we were finishing our return to um, our, quote, real life, uh, Mrs. TRG wanted to know where we could go the following Saturday. And she was saying, you know, we got time. We don't have commitments. Things are going to get busy next month. Where are you taking me on, on Saturday night? Casino Wisdom number 63 teaches us to plan around our promotions. So I took a look at our promotions at our home casino. I took a look at our promotions in some other casinos. Our best promotions in terms of food comps and free bet dollar amounts and that kind of stuff would occur if we went west of our home to the My Choice Casino without a hotel that's about an hour and a half away and then about an hour north to a city that has both a My Choice property and an MGM property and an independent property, all with hotels, all that are wonderful. That was where our best uh, non-room comps were. And we didn't have Saturday night room comps anywhere. That's a bit of a problem, except it's not a bit of a problem because here's why. I always talk about these bank accounts, these imaginary bank accounts of imaginary tax-free imaginary money that almost every casino brand gives you. And I quickly looked at things and I realized that I had enough my cash, which is the imaginary tax-free my choice money, the same money that we ate uh, New Year's Eve dinner on, the same money that's paid for a variety of things, bought a variety of meals, we had easily enough of that to pay for a Saturday night at the My Choice. Easy decision. It's the best comps, not counting rooms, and I can just comp myself the room with uh, free tax-free imaginary money, so that's as good as any other comp. So I made that reservation, happy wife, happy life, and set about the process of the business of casino gambling for the week. That means that every day, I find time, unless there is a super amount of stuff that my clients need, to go about the process of moving through the three casinos relatively close to me, all within a half an hour of somewhere I have to go or less. And I go through the process of, of taking advantage of promotions, and that means picking up gifts and free bets and free play and some meals every day of the week at one of those casinos. I made money on Monday on top of that. On Tuesday, I got to have a drink and hang out a little bit with my good buddy Posh Dog and talk about the good old days. We just happened to be kind of uh, wrapping things up at the same time. I did have to go to Tier 2 of the Meta Martingale on Tuesday to get a win. I did have to go to Tier 2 of the Meta Martingale on Wednesday to get a win. So Monday, Tier 1 day. Basically walk in, couple tables, get my money, get out. Tuesday, I had to go to Tier 2. That means two losing tables and then a win. Same thing on Wednesday. 
Had to go to tier three of the Meta Martingale on Thursday to get a win. How I had to get how I got there was important. At the tier two table, where I've doubled my unit size and doubled my buy-in, I get to a hand that is a two-unit tier two bet. I had to split that bet twice and I had to double it once. So I end up with three tier two two-unit wagers out on the table. The first hand is an 18. That's the undoubled hand. The second hand is a 20. I'm feeling pretty good against a dealer's five showing. I know the dealer's going to have to draw, and the dealer draws a five-card 21, and that's six units lost on one hand, six level six tier two units, so that's a chunk of change. That's what put me at tier three. That's not normal. That's also the kind of thing that if it goes your way, you're not only done for the day, you're done for the day with more than a day's pay, even though you ended up on Tier 2. That does happen. Tier 3, the Tier 3 win was interesting. The Tier 3 win was fun because I was kind of struggling, 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 and the dealer was a car guy, and I'm kind of a car guy, well, the kind of car guy that pays other people to work on his cars, but... I'm kind of a car guy. I like cars. I've had some. I have some. And uh, we're talking about cars, and we're talking about cars, and the win is just happening. The win is just happening. The win is just piling up. I'm making some larger bets as things go well. I'm, I'm making those progressive wagers. I'm collecting blackjacks, and we're just talking about cars. And I'm acting like I couldn't care less, and I'm acting like I'm not paying attention because I'm just talking about cars and having fun. And the pit boss comes over and he says, you know you're winning, right? And the dealer says, his play is perfect. He's right on plan. Don't talk about it. It's like a no-hitter in baseball. Let the man win. And, and when I did, I continued to win. The progression continued. I actually pushed above my normal two-and-a-half unit a little bit just because I was it was going well. And I was adding just a little more, a little more, a little more. And eventually, of course, that Win streak continues, and I left with a very nice profit for the day, much larger profit than just a, a one-day's pay win, because that's just how it played out. It was it was wonderful. Uh, Saturday night, took Mrs. TRG over. We made the, the run two hours over to the My Choice, went in. Both had some free, free table bets. We made the free table bets. We won a little money playing a slot machine. We uh, then drove up, stopped at the MGM property. I had a nice free bet, higher than I had quite realized when I was reviewing and planning things. But played our free bet there. Mrs. TRG lost a little money on a favorite slot machine, moved on over to the My Choice property, checked into a wonderful hotel room. They've been remodeling that property. Hotel rooms are, are great. We had a wonderful time in the casino. Won some more money there as part of our visit. Never ended up above Tier 1. We both would just win a little bit and, and then move forward with things. Um, enjoy, enjoyed a, a buy one, get one comp dinner. No complaints at all. Absolutely no complaints. Headed out the next morning. Stopped at a chain restaurant and, and, and got some, some breakfast. Wonderful week. One money every week or every day of the week, a day's pay or more. I'm going to hold that back a little bit. I'm going to edit that just a little bit. Normally, I would tell you exactly how many days pay for the week. I'm going to hold that back. We will talk about that in a little more detail in the Virtual VIP Lounge to end the segment today. So I'm not going to give you the full deal, but I am going to say every day, 
one a day's pay or more, in some cases a good bit more, received free stuff or gift cards or gifts or food or bets of some type or a combination of those in some cases every single day as well. I have a travel segment for you next with just a couple of leftover observations from our Atlantic City trip, things I think you'll enjoy, things I think will be educational, and that is our next segment. As I mentioned, I realized as I was thinking back through episode 89 that a couple of important conversations with Inner Circle member East Coast Emissary didn't get included. There were just things that somehow didn't make it into the notes that I really had one to talk about. The first was, we're playing Blackjack together. He had asked me before if I was going to be playing TRG Wagering System 1 or TRG Wagering System 2 Always Be Grinded. And I said, well, I always play TRG Wagering System 2, and I, I usually combine it with TRG Wagering System 3, the Meta Martingale. So we're playing, and uh, he notices that he, he calls me out. He, he says, you, you didn't go up by a full half unit. So I'm on the progressive side of TRG Wagering System 2. I win two in a row. I go up half a unit. I win the next one, and I don't go up half a unit. I actually went up a 20th of a unit, and he called me out. He said, hey, you did it wrong. You didn't follow the flow chart. And that's fair because he actually took the script and made the flow chart. He's as right as right can be. And so here's the thing, and I, I kind of mentioned it to him in the course of the process. I, I teach you illustrations, and I teach you as if it was a $10 unit size. And that's very easy then, right? When you're going up by a half unit, going up by $5, $5, $5, $5. And when you get to two and a half units, you're at $25. In the illustration, those are easy to do perfectly, right? No difficulty at all. But suppose we have a $15 unit size. Now, up by half is $7.50. And then up by half again is $7.50 again. And then you're at 30. And now if you go up by seven and a half again, you're actually at a little bit. It, it, it gets a little messy sometimes. And obviously, $25 unit size you're, you're kind of messing $12.50. So yes, I will be honest that all the concepts work as described. In the real life world, sometimes I fudge a little bit just because of the chips I have in front of me. For instance, sometimes if I'm playing a $25 unit size, A, I'm not doing the $2.50 chip thing on top. I'm just going $10. And then the other thing I'm not always doing is sometimes I just don't have the right chips. And I don't feel like making change to get that one extra little, to get to the perfect exact illustration. Illustrations of wagering systems are to teach the concepts, the fundamentals. In real life application, sometimes it gets a little messy. Sometimes there's some personal preference. So let me give you the full context of this. I hadn't planned to, but I'm going to give you the full context of this, right? If I am playing a $25 unit size, and if I am using TRG Wagering System to always be grinding, and I am pushing up on the progressive side, I am going to go 25 win, 25 win. That's two in a row. I've added one to the win stack. I'm going to go up by $10. That's not quite half. Half would be $12.50. If I win that, I actually go up just by $5 from $35 to $40. Because if I win, then that makes the next two steps nice and easy. The next step 
is a full two units by adding $10. And then if I add $10 again, I'm basically at two and a half units. I'm at the top of the range. So I prefer 25, 35, 40, 50, 60. I prefer that just works better in my brain. I prefer that to going 25, 35, 45, 55, 60. I think it works better for me. It's just, I, I, it, it stays straight in my head. If you're doing it with $50 unit size, you never run into that, right? Because half is 25 and half again is 25 and half again is 25. That works great. If you're using a $35 unit size, it almost breaks your brain. And I've seen a couple situations recently where at a Friday, Saturday night, the $25 tables, dollar tables become $35 tables and now you have no choice. Obviously, at 50, it works fine. At 100, it works fine. But in some of those odd numbers, 15, 25, 35, I've never tried a $75 unit size. That, that might be a brain breaker as, as well. That one might be a little tricky. I'd have to actually maybe write that one down. So ECE, East Coast Emissary, Inner Circle member, friend of the podcast, casino ally extraordinaire, um, he, he busted me. And there's a longer explanation of why I do what I do and, and a fess up that I try to make the illustrations easy as a way to teach things. And I work with a $10 unit size usually, and I can't always do that in real life. From a practical point of view, I don't think it really matters. But I'm a full disclosure guy. I've fully disclosed. I don't always execute exactly as I illustrate. I followed the spirit of the instruction, but not always the letter of the instruction. So there we go. And then I want to go to, to the other point of that. Because when I said to, to ECE, when I said that I'm pretty much always TRG wagering system to uh, always be grinded and the Meta Martingale, he, he kind of cringed a little bit. He, he, he really did. He kind of cringed. He's like, yeah, I just, I, I can't get there. He said, I, I just, I can't get comfortable with TRG3, the Meta Martingale. And I get that. I really do. Um, because the numbers get big. That is the, the reality of the Martingale. And to, to oh, well, geez. Let me, uh, let me backtrack just a little bit here. Because we do always have new listeners coming on board. Years and years and years ago in France, without looking up the details, uh, a doctor, I assume his name was Martingale, invented the only system that will consistently win at gambling. And it basically is whatever whatever you bet and lost, bet double it until you win one unit. It always works. That's why there are table limits. That's why there are max bets. And they're usually set so that if you lose between five and seven bets in a row, you can no longer make the next bet and the house wins. And the other thing that happens with Martingales is that pretty quickly the numbers get really scary. And so I do employ... Uh, a limited and controlled. That's one of the things that you got to do with a Meta Martingale. Unless you just got incredibly deep pockets and are willing to take the big loss once in a while, you got to control the Martingale. And I do that with TRG Wagering System One. It's a modified Martingale with a hard cutoff at at three levels, so that it's manageable and it doesn't break you, and it should never put you in a point where the wager is scary. What I do with the Meta Martingale is I double the wager size after losing tables, which means, as we're going to talk about in a minute, because today's question is about the Meta Martingale or about 
the best wagering system? That's a better way to describe the question we're going to do. You know, you get to the third tier of the Meta Martingale, and your wager size is four times your starting wager size, and your buy-in is four times. So that means if you start at a $10 table and you lose and you met a martingale at your next table, your unit size is $20 and your buy-in is $200. And if you don't do well there, you're buying in for $400 and making wagers between $40 and $120. And everybody's just not comfortable. And I get that. I really, I really do. I understand that cringe. So here's the thing. Using just TRG Wagering System 1 or TRG Wagering System 2, always be grinding, you will produce consistent winning time periods, whether that's weeks or months or quarters or however you, however much gambling you do. I did that for most of the podcast. I did, I've done most of the podcast except the last few months really without using the Meta Martingale other than a situationally here or there where I would go up to, to a two-unit bet. I did that because I hadn't completely laid everything out, and I wasn't, because of the pandemic, able to gamble as often as I traditionally had. Now that I'm back in full swing, I'm using the best stuff I know, and I'm comfortable with the Meta Martingale, and I've structured my website and the amount of money my website. <laughs> what a flub that was, huh? I structured my bankroll. <laughs> That's the problem with unscripted TRG, folks. I structured my bankroll. I've structured the money I've held out in various forms of savings of gambling wins to offset future gambling losses so that one day or two days is not going to blow me up and put me out of the game. I realize everyone has not done that. I'm a big fan of the Meta Martingale. I'm a big fan of what I've invented and created. I do encourage you, if you are winning money using TRG Wagering System 1 or TRG Wagering System 2, always be grinding. And you're a little afraid of implementing the Meta Martingale. If that makes you cringe a little bit the way it makes uh, East Coast Emissary cringe and hold back because you're not comfortable with it, start putting aside some of your wins. Make an envelope in your safe called Meta Martingale implementation eventually, and build that backup bankroll, build that extra bankroll from winnings to the point where you can take a shot at implementing the Meta Martingale. All right, enough preaching for now. We're going to do a little more preaching on that in, in just a minute. We're going to kind of have a Meta Martingale themed episode a little bit here, I guess. Finally, last observation from Atlantic City, and this really has nothing to do with gambling per se, or it has to do with observations of other people gambling. There is a really interesting phenomena that I noticed in Atlantic City last summer and thought maybe it was my imagination, but it is really somewhat unique in my experience to Atlantic City. And that occurrence is this. It is women as a decoration. That is a thing. Women as arm candy. That is a real thing. And I kind of thought we had all moved past that. Uh, but I noticed it last summer. I noticed it again at Borgata. There are these beautiful women who look like they are dressed and made up and put together to be on the cover of a fashion magazine. Everything looks perfect. They look flawless. And they are standing around gambling tables doing nothing but looking attractive and in many ways looking bored. And as I said, 
I noticed it last summer at Tropicana, and I thought, eh, probably maybe somebody here for a wedding, right? Maybe a group here for a wedding, and they all got dressed up, or they're here for some other special event, an anniversary, and yeah, the young ladies are bored, but they, they're bored because they don't gamble, and they're watching the, the, the men in their lives gamble after, after the reception or whatever. Well, I saw it a couple different times at Borgata. As I said, these women that are just tremendously put together, tremendously dressed, impeccably made up, and they're just standing there for hours bored while the, they don't even have like a glass of wine in their hand. They don't have any, and they're just bored, dressed to the nines, whatever that means, standing around watching guys do guy stuff. And maybe that's just the East Coast influence. Maybe that's the New York big city influence. I don't know. But it was a little weird to watch in action. I mean, what do I normally see? All right? Either, A, I do occasionally see a, a, a female standing around or sitting around a blackjack table while a guy plays a little bit. I, I do see that from time to time. But usually they've got a drink in their hand. And if there's more than one of them, they usually go off and do something else together, play some slots, listen to the band, spend some time and come back and check in. Or they hang out a little bit and then they do what Mrs. TRG would do if she wasn't playing blackjack with me for whatever reason. She'd be like, oh, I'm going to go over to slot machines. I'm going to play slots a little bit and I'll come back and find you. She's not just standing there to look good while I go about the process of gambling. But I saw that a lot. It struck me as interesting, and then the one that really struck me as interesting, the one that really struck me as this is what this is, and I don't know why any person would put themselves through this very much. She's all dressed up. She looks great, and she looks bored, and she looks annoyed. Fancy dress, fancy jewels, fancy this, great big platform heels. It looks like to me, I'm, I'm across the aisle, so I didn't hear it all, but it looks like she's indicated we should go. And he's indicated, no, she, he doesn't want to leave. And a few minutes later, she indicates that she would like to go. And he indicates no once again. At this point, she uh, reaches into a bag that she has with her, and she pulls out a set of flip-flops that look like they've spent the day on the beach somewhere at some point in time. And uh, then the shoes go in the bag, the platform shoes go in the bag. She points to the bag and she walks away and she comes back with a shot and a beer. And now at this point, admittedly, the, the cover girl magazine cover of Vogue look has kind of been wiped out because the flip flops make her look a lot shorter. They're not a good look with the beautiful dress that she was wearing or the amazing jewelry she has on. And, and now she's uh, drinking a Steve Weiser, as some people might say, and slamming back a shot of tequila. And a waitress came by and she ordered another of the same. And uh, eventually she got to leave because uh, she tried to walk over and say something to somebody and she fell down. And security suggested that perhaps the gentleman in her life should uh, take her somewhere outside the casino because she was heavily, heavily intoxicated now, having quickly done three shots and three beers in her flip-flops. And uh, she lost a flip-flop as she was walking out, and it was in the aisle as I went to another table with Mrs. TRG later. So uh, I'm sure we'll spend some more time in Atlantic City soon. 
I, uh, I'm going to keep an eye on this. Ladies out there, uh, I am uh, old enough in many cases to be some of y'all's grandfather. And uh, you should definitely not take, uh, take advice from me. But if you were so inclined, I would suggest if you are going to get that dressed up and if you are going to look that good, do something fun. Go dance. Get him to take you to a bar and show you off instead of letting you just stand there at the craps table. Have him help you listen to the van. At least negotiate that for part of the night um, because you all look way too lovely to be that bored and that sober in a place as amazing as either the Borgata or the Tropicana Casino. There are many, many fun things to do there. There are clubs. There are shows. Y'all deserve a little better, in my opinion, and uh, that's just the thoughts of one old guy on the subject, but it is a phenomena that I have rarely seen anywhere outside Atlantic City in the abundance that I see it in in Atlantic City, and I wanted to make sure I remembered to uh, share those observations and that experience. We are, what are we going to do next? Oh, oh, this is going to be fun. Well, fun for me. Maybe, uh, maybe a bit too much math for some of you, but we are going to do questions my sons ask next. What? What? My sons ask questions about gambling and listeners ask questions about gambling. More and more people in casinos who've heard about the podcast stop me and want to ask me just a little bit about gambling. I've got a great question for us to consider today from one of our listeners, one of our regular listeners. And so listener Just Junk writes in and says, hi, TRG. Been enjoying the podcast. I have a local casino less than three miles from my house and would love to be able to grind out some modest earnings reg regularly. I would have no problem spending a few hours a week for what is to for what to me is a is one day's pay, but I don't know which game slash strategy would best facilitate that. I am familiar with crafts, but still learning, and I am roughly even for my sessions. I am also familiar with blackjack, but don't know all the basic strategy strategy. Therefore, I don't play at the casino. I haven't caught all your monthly reports, so I'll ask you here. How often do you end the month with four or more days pay? That's just for reference, since for me, just being on the positive side, even half a day's pay would be worth the effort. Anyway, thanks for the content and good luck. <laughs> so, JJ, J squared, just junk, maybe he, maybe he, she uses they use that for their junk email so they don't want people capturing their real email that's interesting um if if that's a self-reflection jj um you're not just junk you, you matter you have value you you matter to me you matter to the squad um but we will stick with your call sign if that's your skull sign you are just junk you are j squared um and, and I, I, I understand that you haven't listened to everything, but I don't believe in luck. Luck is the intercept, intersection of preparation and opportunity. And we just have to go find those opportunities. And that is what the Casino Combat Arsenal does. It finds opportunities for profit and it puts them in your pocket if you implement them correctly. So thank you very much for listening. Thank you for emailing. Um, I did share, as you're going to hear, my response to him, and you're going to hear some notes about that along the way. But I, I, what I said to him was, I'm going to take your, your questions in reverse order. I'm going to try to be as transparent as possible with listeners, 
To answer your questions about winning, I've included a portion of the spreadsheet I keep with our monthly results for each month of the podcast, and I've converted those to the day's pay schedule. These numbers are profit or loss after expenses. These numbers do not include the comps, gifts, etc. This is cash money won or lost after expenses. We consider many of these months winning months because we received vastly more in comps and gifts than we lost and spent. I'll also highlight, I'm going to give you these numbers in a minute, but I said to JJ, I'll also highlight April 2021. This was a single break trip with my wife, her first trip to Vegas since December of 2019. I kept a promise I made in August of 2019 and took her on a helicopter trip to the bottom of the Grand Canyon. That was over three to four days pay just on its own. We also paid to upgrade comp rooms to suites because we could get into rooms that we normally would not have been willing to afford. The point is that it's an official podcast losing month. But the reality is we won money on the trip and for the month. We spent our way to a loss with the choices we made. We don't regret any of it, but if it was just about the money, we could have made other choices and recorded a cash win for that month. So that's important to be aware of. There are sometimes decisions made in our life that create, on occasion, losing months. And we're defining, in that case, our dates as casino expense. So let me run through this and then let me also say that uh, at the end of next month, when we get to the end of May, I will post all of this as a blog post, the two years of results for the full two years of the Casino Combat podcast that we've done so that you will see all of this information. But I wanted to share it with him because it specifically addressed his question of how many times did we finish with more than uh, more than I think his question was four days pay. So June of 2020, first month of the podcast, five days pay. July, four days pay. August, 15 days pay. September, one and a half days pay. October, 23 days pay. Well, I got really fortunate. I won't use the word luck. I don't believe in luck. But I got really fortunate those first five months that I was able to have you know, five winning months in a row. That was that was pretty nice. I remember thinking at the time, boy, I hope I lose some money soon so I can show these people that I do lose once in a while. November, uh, minus $2.08 on the dollar a day scale, uh, a little over two days pay. November, uh, minus $1.53. So we did take some losses there. January of 2021, uh, minus almost five days pay. February plus four days. March uh, just a little over a day's pay. April minus about five and a half days pay. But again, four days pay on the computer trip. So minus one and a half days pay without the computer trip. Take out uh, comp rooms that we paid up to get some money to, to, to get a better experience. We paid up a little bit on those trips for nicer rooms. That could have been a winning month. We, we spent our way to a losing month there by choice. No regrets. It was a good year. May of that year, just minus about a, a, a day's pay. We finished up over 38 days pay for the year with a lot of wins over four days pay and, uh, and a couple of uh, a couple of small losing losing months that got made up by what we were comped. And I point out that these were months where often we only gambled four to six days because of the lockdowns and the restrictions. 
going into the second casino combat year, we started rough. Uh, minus ten days pay, uh, minus ten days pay for for the month of June to start things out. Then we had a minus two days pay. Uh, then we had uh, a win of less than a day's pay after expenses. We had uh, a minus seven. We had a plus one in October. We had a plus seven and a half in November, plus three in December, and we would have gone to Las Vegas. So there may have been some expenses there that were a little over the top. Could have not taken the limo, et cetera, et cetera. Could have probably padded that a little bit if it was just about the money. January plus almost 12 days, February plus a day and a half, March plus four and a half days pay. So a total so far, got uh, got the month of April and the month of May to finish out the second month, but uh, we're at a total of 33 days pay, which, uh, which puts us in a pretty good spot. You know, 38 days uh, pay the first year, and we're at 33 days pay with two months to go. So pretty good shape to uh, to repeat our results a little bit. As to a strategy I would recommend to you, because that was the question. What strategy would I recommend and what game? I know of nothing better than what I currently do. Blackjack wagers, that is the smallest possible house advantage. Find the minimum house advantage wagers. That's what I said, episode one, part of the core concepts. The blackjack wager with basic strategy without any side bets is the lowest house advantage. It is a minimum house advantage wager that I've talked about over and over again. TRG Wagering System 2, always be grinding as a table wagering strategy combined with the Meta Martingale as a strategy for the visit. I'll come back to the Meta Martingale in a minute, but let me discuss your lack of confidence with the Blackjack Basic Strategy first. If you're not confident, that is a good reason to avoid playing for real money. However, while it's a good reason, it's also an excuse. And maybe it's an excuse because you don't understand this. You said you haven't listened to all of it. So there's no reason, there's every reason to say, I don't know all the blackjack plays to make correctly, so I'm not going to play for real money. But that's easily, easily, easily solved. You go to wizardofodds.com website. On their website, a quick search will reveal that you have the ability to go to a page and pick all the rules. Number of decks, what pays out for blackjack. Does the dealer hit or stand on soft 17? Is surrender allowed? Et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. You pick all those things from drop-down menus, and a chart is produced with the correct basic strategy for that set of rules. It can be printed. It can be copied and pasted and can be kept. I have them laminated. At every casino I've ever been in, you are allowed to have that chart right with you at the table and use it for every hand if that's what you need to do. You do not have to memorize the basic strategy chart to get the smallest possible house advantage wager. Just take the chart with you and use it. You can be 100% comfortable that you're never wrong. Just take the chart with you. Over time, you may decide to memorize. Frankly, over time, you'll start to learn it just from doing it at the table. You'll start to realize, oh, I almost always double tens. Unless they have a ten or an ace, I'm doubling the ten. Over time, you'll realize that you always split eights, that you always split aces. You'll start to pick those up. You may decide to create flashcards and train yourself 
or get a, get an app and learn all the plays, but it isn't necessary to be confident that what you're doing is correct. You can be 100% confident you are playing basic strategy correctly because you have it right in your hand. I alluded to it a minute ago. I know that I am going to play some variation of four rule sets, depending on exactly where I am. There are four sets of rules I see. And actually five, maybe if you count Spanish 21, which is also a beatable game, by the way, as long as you have the right chart. Doesn't matter. Spanish 21, very beatable, very minimum house advantage, fun variation of things. A lot of player-friendly rules in that game. I just printed all the charts using the same website I just referenced, wizardofodds.com, and I printed them, and Mrs. TRG laminated them, and in the inside pocket of the vest, a pocket I don't normally have to get into, those, they're, all the charts are there. If there's a question during a game and people are disagreeing, I can just pull the chart out and we all have the right information. Good thought, not confident, not going to play with real money. Next thought, there is a way to be confident. There is a way to be 100% confident. Meta Martingale, because I, if you want, the question was, and let me put this once again in context. I talked about the Meta Martingale a little bit because ECE wasn't comfortable with it. And I wanted to put that out there. And the question I'm being asked here is, what is the best bet and strategy for making that bet and leaving with a win? That is a prompt that I've been given and that I'm responding to. And the answer, in my opinion, is TRG Wagering System 2, always be grinding. And TRG Wagering System 1 is also good. It's just not as suited to play when you have one casino and a limited number of tables. TRG Wagering System 2, Always Be Grinding, was created for situations exactly like what JJ has just described. Local casino, three minutes from my house. That means probably fairly limited choices. He didn't say, I have, he doesn't, he's not in Las Vegas or Atlantic City. The statement wasn't, I have a variety of casinos three minutes from my house. It was, I have a local casino. So TRG Wagering System 2, Always Be Grinding, in combination with the Meta Martingale, is, in my opinion, as I said, the best choice. Let's do a refresh of the Meta Martingale. One of the core concepts of Casino Combat is to use a wagering system with both progressive and regressive components. A regressive wager is a wager that increases as a result of a loss or a set of losses. TRG Wagering System 1 and TRG Wagering System 2 always be grinded. Both include regressive components. TRG Wagering System 3 takes this idea of regressive wagering and applies it to the unit size used at a table after a losing or series of losing tables. It takes the same concept and applies it in a different way. And it works the same way. The idea of the Martingale is, in its simplest form, and I apply it a variety of ways, but in its simplest form, as created way long ago in France, if I bet a dollar and I lose a dollar, I bet two dollars. If I lose two, I bet four. If I lose four, I bet eight. If I lose eight, I bet 16. If I lose 16, I bet 32. If I lose 64, 32, I bet 64, etc. And eventually I will win and I will have all the money I've wagered plus a dollar. It takes that concept and it works perfectly. If you're trying to win 10 to 12 units after buying in with 10 to 12 units. Take a small amount of money and win a small amount of money? Ah, core concept, exactly. If I'm doing that and I fail, 
and I've applied my exit point, my negative exit points correctly, I've lost seven units or less buying the statistically possible but unusual. That does happen, but barring that, I have lost around seven units if I've lost or less. I may have even won a few units, but if I've lost, I've lost seven units or less. If I now, and I don't do it this way, but if I now go up one, if I double my unit size and double my buy-in and achieve a positive exit of 10 or 12 units, you will find if you do all the math that you not only have a replacement of the money you've lost, but the 10 to 12 units you were trying to win at your original unit size. It does exactly what the, the Martingale is supposed to do. It gets you to the equivalent of a one table desired win or approximately, as I said, illustration versus reality, but it gets you approximately there. That is what this is designed to do. And if it happens again, if you take a loss at that table and you have to make four, your unit size four times and your buy-in four times and you once again win that 10 to 12 units, you will have the loss from the tier two. That's what I call it. I call moving from, uh, I call doubling the unit, moving to tier two of the Meta Martingale. I call quadrupling the unit, moving to tier three of the Meta Martingale. If you win at the third tier, if you win, uh, 10 to 12 units, you will have all the money you won back from the tier two units or lost back from the tier two. You'll have all the money you lost on tier one, and you will almost always have a day's pay or more of profits, and you will be done for the day. Or if you were on a gambling trip, now after you take a break, after you see a show, after you eat a meal, uh, after you look at the fountains, as I always say, you can start back over at tier one of the Meta Martingale. On a gambling trip, if you win the first table, you take a break and then you go win at the second table and take a break and go win at the third table, it's a pretty fun trip. You're having a good time. But you deploy the next part, you deploy the Meta Martingale part if you have generally two losing tables in a row, right? The trigger for a table in TRG Wager System 1 or 2 is a loss or series of losses. If we're deploying the Meta Martingale technique, then Two losing tables, we go to tier two. Three losing tables, we go to tier three, assuming the math takes us there. As I said to JJ, I'm planning to talk through the real-life application of this strategy in episode 90. Hey, that's this episode. Let me give you a preview and create the show notes at the same time. For me, a 12-unit win is a day's pay. My bankroll for a casino visit is 10 units at table minimum for the first table, plus 10 units for the second table if needed, those would both be at tier one, plus 10 units at a double unit size for tier two of the Meta Martingale if needed, plus 10 units at four times the unit size for tier three of the Meta Martingale if needed. So that's a total of 10 units plus 10 units plus 20 units plus 40 units equal 80 units 6.67 days pay in the quest to win a day's pay every visit. To be safe getting started, you would need at least twice that available or becoming available soon to fully implement this. And realistically, you really need three times that amount. These are big numbers, folks. I'm not sugarcoating it. I'm not pretending they're not. I'm just telling you I'm answering the question. If you want your best chance to win consistently and make money, put together this bankroll, and deploy this strategy.
as I said to JJ, you could get to the end of the Meta Martingale on the first attempt and you would need to be able to try again. And realistically, you need to be able to try a third time. And yeah, that gets a bit ouchy and you don't really like that when it happens. I continued to JJ. I get to, oh, wait, let me make one more note here that I didn't make to him. There's nothing ma magical about three tiers to this, everybody. Nothing magical at all. This is where my risk tolerance kicks in or my risk aversion. Maybe that's a better way to say that. I'm comfortable that I have enough resources and enough losable bankroll that if I have to go three three times, I have to go to tier three of the Metamart Gale, and I have to do that three times. I've never had three times fail me, and I have to do it three times. I rarely have the third tier fail me. We're going to get to that in a minute. I'm comfortable with that. That's not math that scares me, and that's not math if I had to replace it, I couldn't. But you could add a fourth tier. You could. That would be eight times your original wager. That would be your tier four. 16 times your original wager, that would be your tier five. I don't know anybody that does exactly what I do, but I know people that do variations on this because this is how you win. Just honestly, between us gamblers, this is how you win. They go seven deep. They go seven deep, and they understand that if they go seven deep, they're going to hit the table limit and that they're going to lose a lot of money if it doesn't work out. I, I don't need to go to tier three very often, and I don't lose on tier three very often. And that's the next point I made to JJ. That's why it's a three-tier system in the Metamart Gale. I can, I can be comfortable with that loss and comfortable with how often I, that loss occurs. So I said to JJ, I said to J squared, I said to just junk, I get to the third tier of Metamart Gale and lose most of those 80 units about once every 30 tries, which is to say about once every six weeks, because normally I have about five tries a week. So that's six weeks. It's never this precise and accurate, but for illustration, 29 tries times 12 units is 348 units won, minus at most 80 units lost, call it 268 days pay one every six weeks. Again, illustration, I give you real results, so this is illustrating the concept of this strategy in the abstract. Play five days a week, every six weeks, 268 days pay, not real world results, Sometimes I end up a little short of 12 units. Sometimes I, things go well at the end, and I win a great deal more than 12 units during a visit. Sometimes things just take forever, and my time roll runs out, and I have to leave. And I win less or lose more than I would have liked. Random does happen. I just try not to let it happen very often. I'm not going to do all of TRG Wagering System 2 Always Be Grinding here. It's covered in Episode 62 and Episode 63. There is a flowchart for the wagering system available for download on the Casino Combat website in the Fred section. Let me take you through a normal daily visit to my local casino. Functionally, skipping, talking with friends, hanging out, etc. The rules for blackjack are eight deck, except in the high limit room, which has six. Blackjack pays three to two. Dealer hits all soft 17s, except in the high limit room where they stand on all soft 17s. Split up to four times, double after splits, double on any two cards, Aces can be split twice and only receive one card. I consider those the minimum acceptable rules for success and winning. You should certainly scout these details at your local casino before you make any real attempt at playing for profit. I go in, I find a table that suits me, and wait for the start of a new shoe. I buy in with 10 units using my wagering, and use my wagering system until I lose 7 units or win 10. When I've won 10, I try to stretch it to 12 before I have lost so if I get to 10 and I drop down to 8, I'm off. 
If I stretch it to 12 and I haven't lost two, I get to 12 and I'm only willing to lose one unit and leave with 11. At 13 and 14, I'm willing to lose two units. At 15, I'm willing to lose three units. You see what I did there? And this is not what I wrote to JJ. But if I get to 15, I'm willing to lose three, which leaves me with a 12 unit win, which leaves me with a day's pay, which leaves me happy with my results. But if I get to 15, I got three units to play with, and that doesn't happen often. I put everything but the three units aside. I put everything aside, and that's now my win stack plus my play stack, and that is my walk away stack. That's my leaving with me stack at this point. And then from that point, I alternate between adding to the play stack after a win and adding to the win or the walk away stack after a win. And I just go back and forth, back and forth. And I'm still using TRG Wagering System 2. I'm still always be grinding. I just have a very, very small win stack or play stack uh, that I've won. Better way to say it. A very small play stack that I've won, and I'm growing them both. When the play stack that I've built out of loss, out of wins is lost, if I lose that small little three-unit play stack, if it never grows to four, if it grows to four and I lose it right away, I'm done. I've got a day's pay or almost a day's pay with an 8 to 11 unit win. And that's where I may just decide, okay, I'm done for the day. It took longer than I wanted, or the casino's filling up because there was a soccer match and everybody's coming over from the soccer game or what have you. I may just be done for the day. Or I may take a break and find another table and just play until I win the remaining units I need for a day's pay. When I win a day's pay or more as part of this process, I'm out of the building and done for the day. And my first choice is always to win quickly at the first table and leave. That being said, if I lose seven units at the first table, and sometimes I lose seven after winning three, so my net loss isn't an entire seven units, regardless, this happens all the time. Bottom line, if I've lost 10 units or less for the day, I'm still at tier one of the meta martingale. I simply find another table and try to recover what I lost and then win a day's pay. Same as above. Usually if I take a second loss, you will have a total loss of more than 10 units. At this point, after a break, a new table is played with a unit size double what was used at the first two tables and a double sized buy-in. And again, the goal is to win at minimum the amount lost on the first table. The larger unit size makes this doable on a couple of short winning streaks. The larger unit size makes it easier to jump to a day's pay win and get out. And there is a variation here at tier two. You can play Tier 2 so that you recover what you lost to begin with at the previous tables and then drop back down to the original unit size, right? That's a variation. You can play just to recover and then drop down to what you started playing as your unit size and play that unit size to get to the end. Or you can just stay at the higher unit size and play for the win. And that is usually really what I do. I play for the day's win there at the larger unit size since I know I'm in good shape on, on, on what I'd lost for the day so far. If seven units are lost at this table, then a final table is played with a unit size four times the unit size at the first table. And again, at this point, a roughly 10 unit win will have returned all the money lost and created a profit of a day's pay, generally speaking. Final blackjack note. Blackjack, splits, and or doubles can happen in very positive and very negative ways in the game of blackjack. Basic strategy recommends these plays when they are an advantage to the player. Over time, they make you a lot of money. 
but they do go wrong sometimes. When they go wrong, they can turn an intended 7-unit loss into a 9 to 11-unit loss. These sometimes turn what looks like a nice win into a small loss. The bankroll entrance and exit calculations take this into account. You should almost never run out of money in your bankroll, and you shouldn't leave the casino having lost everything you started with. A rare exception to this would be something like make a final bet at the third tier of the Meta Martingale with three units at that tier. That is 12 times the starting unit at the first table. That is a big bet, and in this illustration, if this is lost, that would be a total of seven units lost at the third tier. This is the end of the day, all in basically. The remaining three units are available to make a split or double wager if needed. There is an unseen combination of hands that I have never seen that I call the unicorn hand, but I could also call it the devil's hand. That is the hand that is split four times and then doubled four times. A total of eight bets at the third tier of the Meta Martingale is a lot of money. To my recollection, the largest hand I've ever played was split four times and doubled twice. I recently saw split four times and doubled three times, but it is an extreme of randomness that I do acknowledge the bankroll for this process could break down. I personally am always ready and able to get to additional funds to finish a hand like this if I need to, but I understand that isn't possible for everyone in a weird extreme. Compromises would need to be made. Final note, this went long. And I was able to include all the details because I'm going to repackage this as content. I'm happy to help. I'm happy to answer quick questions. I'm always happy to help, and you are always welcome to email at any time. But I want to establish a reasonable expectation. I can't always do this level of detail for everyone for free, and I can't always do this level of response. If you want to talk through your exact situation, table rules, table options, bankroll, time roll, and lay everything out specifically for you, and talk through specific questions and situations, I'm available for one-hour coaching calls for a fee. I've started charging people whatever their day's pay number is with a maximum rate of $100 for a one-hour audio or video call for individual coaching. coaching. Included with that coaching call is your own private version of the app and spreadsheet that I use to track my play as well as time to answer any questions you have about the app the spreadsheet, and the monthly process of reviewing and saving the data. If at any time that is something you would like to do, just let me know. And please, if you have a quick question and or you won't be offended if the next reply is just a paragraph, please just ask. Hope that help helps. Keep me updated on your journey. Can't wait to hear about it. TRG. So that is a change. That is a bit of a change, folks. I, uh, I had a couple people that wanted to do coaching calls. And, and that $100 number was prohibitive to them. And I asked what their day's pay number was. And their, their day's pay number in two of the three cases where I got this question that they thought $100 was prohibitive. And I said, hey, what's your day's pay number? And the table limits they're playing at or can play at and their day's pay number was less than $100. And I said, let's do the call. We'll just send me a Venmo for that amount. And let's do the call and let's get you a copy of the app and, and let's get you started. It would be unfair of me, just for illustration purposes, right? If, if you're trying to win 50 bucks, it, it doesn't seem fair for me to say, I need two days pay. I, I, need, I need your buy-in twice at a $5 table where you're trying to make 50 bucks. Uh, that, that didn't seem fair. And then the flip side, I had somebody tell me that, that their day's pay number was $400. 
And I said, no, it is absolutely $100 for you. If, if you're trying to make a day's pay, uh, and they did share that they were that they were playing $50 hands and buying it at $500. And I said, no, 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 no. $100 is very fair here. I should charge you $100 and I should charge you $100 for the app. But I'll do, I'll do it both for a hundred bucks. But no, you're not you're not convincing me that you can only afford eighty dollars if, if your bankroll's that size. So if you heard that hundred dollar number in the past, um, the same answer I've I've given these other folks. Uh, trying to be fair to everybody. If if your day's pay number, if your buy-in numbers are are such that a hundred dollars is a big number, then let's you know shoot me an email. Let's talk through that. Let's make that happen. We're, we're changing the rules as we go. Trying to be fair to everybody. Just to wrap up, obviously, I'm a big believer in the MetaMart Gale as an addition to whatever wagering system you are using, even if you're not using one of mine. Even if you've got something else of your own you like better, I think the MetaMart Gale applies, and I think you will see an impact in your bottom line results and how much you keep if you're uh, able and willing to deploy this tool. I'm not trying to pitch this because I'm not trying to sell it to you. I've given it to you for free. I'm just trying to encourage you to consider what it would take to put together the right bankroll to make this happen and to get comfortable. If you've never played a black chip before, okay, if you've never played a black chip before, if you've never played a green chip before, and I know that's true. I know that people that there are people that don't play green chips and they're not completely comfortable with that, or they've never played black chips, or they never played purple chips, or they never played orange chips or brown chips. Those are thousand dollar chips. I, I understand. I completely understand that, that that makes you pucker up a little bit, the thought of doing that thought of putting that black chip or two black chips or three black chips in the circle. As long as the bankroll's right, you'll generally get comfortable with that and you'll generally start to see units as units, not as dollar amounts. And if you get comfortable with units are units and you know that the unit count is going to work out for you, I, I really think Meta Martingale is something you should consider putting together the bankroll for. I know it makes things better for me rather than it makes them worse. And that's the only thing I can do is, is tell you my real experiences and be as honest as I can be. Let's, on that note, let's gather in the virtual VIP lounge and see what results were created by a combination of TRG Wagering System 2, Always Be Grinding, and the Meta Martingale this month, April 2022. A little bit of the bubbly. Welcome to the most must-listen-to moment in gambling lifestyle entertainment, the Casino Combat Virtual VIP Lounge, and our lounge is open. Today we have some excellent virtual bottles of dark liquor along with still and sparkling waters and locally bottled artisanal pop and handcrafted sodas. I am sure that there is virtually every type of virtual beer and wine available as well. If you don't see something, just virtually imagine it and it will virtually appear as if a virtual genie existed as a bartender in our virtual VIP lounge. Fun online message from Excelsior Brigade member Same Bet last week with a picture of his beverage of choice as he listened to episode 89 of the Virtual VIP Lounge in his car. Sent me a picture and he had a large name brand soda in the car with him as he listened to the Virtual VIP Lounge. So big thank you to Same Bet for sharing that picture and letting me know what his pour of choice was for the Virtual VIP Lounge in episode 89. Grab a virtual beverage if you must, pour something fun if you can, I have poured out some diet soda today, trying to get into beach shape a little bit. It also may be five o'clock somewhere, but it is early morning here, and there are other tasks to be undertaken, and some of them involve driving. So uh, I have my diet soda of choice, uh, try to maintain my girlish figure, 
as we get started here in the virtual VIP lounge. It's the end of the month. It's the end of April. I, uh, the core concepts teach us. Well, the core concepts say casino wisdoms teach us. The core concepts of casino combat, as I'm, as I've laid them out, say that we are attempting to win the month, not the table or the machine or the day. So that means monthly result reviews are essential. They are essential to my success as a gambler. They are essential in my mind to the success of the podcast. And they are, I will assert, essential to your success as a gambler. We have casino wisdoms that teach us to be accountable to some things. This is a form of accountability. You stop at the end of the month and look, maybe it's a week for you and maybe it's a quarter for you, but you got to stop. You got to look at your results in some fashion, either the emails you sent yourself, the written notes you took, the, whatever you did to record your results. You got to sit down and you got to summarize them. You got to read through where things went good and where things went bad. And you've got to see how you did. You've got to look at how much did I spend? Unless your spending is trivial. Let me put that in context. If you're trivial, if your spend is, I walk three blocks to the casino, I gamble, and I leave. Well, you don't have a lot of expenses, right? You don't really have a lot of expenses. If they comp you all the food you eat, and you're not buying any drinks, and you have no miscellaneous, you're not tipping anyone for anything, well, I guess you have no expenses. Me, I have expenses. I need to know what they are. If I don't know my numbers, I don't know my gaming. Casino Wisdom number 99. So that's why I take some time at every month, end of every month, to go through these results. And that's why I take some time every month to reflect on them in my own life and make sure I'm on track. And then I share it all with you so that you know if what I did worked or what I did did not work. And you know what you get to know the level of free stuff I took out of the process. That means this is not bragging, this is not boasting. Bragging and boasting about wins, I guess bragging and boasting about losses isn't, but the experts will tell you, the experts who have studied this, will tell you that bragging and boasting about wins are signs that you have a gambling problem. I'm not sure I agree with that, but the bigger point is I am not saying, look at me, look at me, look at me, look at a great thing I did, because I know for a fact there are people that would kick my uh, butt. <laughs> I know people for a fact that get way more than this in free stuff, way more than this in free bets, better food comps than I get, better room comps than I get. And if they gamble the way I gamble, they make more money than I make. Know it for a fact. Not concerned about it. That's why we break this down to what I call if I earned a day's pay. I take all the numbers. I divide them by my day's pay number. And I tell you everything as if I only tried to earn $1 a day. And that way you can apply it to your life. And it's not about the amount. This scales. If you want to earn more, increase your unit size, you'll win more. Simple as that. This, we just know that to be true. You'll also lose more in the losing months. You'll get given more in free stuff. It should all balance out, assuming you're playing in the right reward system. But I reduce everything to, to a day's pay number. New this month and hopefully continuing to go forward, I have published the results spreadsheet, the same exact spreadsheet that I used to talk to you about these results as a, as a blog post in the blog section of the website. So if you're hearing this now and you want to see these numbers, if you want to read these numbers along with a few comments, go to the website, find the blog post segment. Month's results for the month will be very clearly pointed out. You can see the actual spreadsheet. And I'm intending to keep doing that going forward. I don't think I will try to go backwards. I think this is just a go forward thing. As I said, at the end of the year, I'll also give you one of those for, for the whole year. 
So let's take a look. Let's see where we ended up. Table games. Our uh, profit and loss on table games for the month of April 2022, once again, if I earned a dollar a day, is $31.76 if we round up to the second decimal. $31.76, almost 32 days pay, one, playing tables. We played 118 blackjack tables. We played 26 craps tables. I had 62 winning blackjack tables and 17 um, winning craps tables, losing obviously 56 and 9. I uh, won 73% of my money playing blackjack, and I won 25% uh, of my money playing craps, with a little variance there because of slots. I'll get to that in a second. We played uh, 24 slot machines. We won money on 9 of them. We lost money on 15 of them, which means our profit and loss in cash playing slots was $2.65 if rounded up, to a little over two and a half days a. Slots did not win. In fact, if I recall, slots did not win last month or the month before. And I also recall saying to you at some point when I introduced the slot strategy that we might find in two or three or four years that we looked back and laughed that it really didn't work. And I don't think we're there yet, but it's not an encouraging trend if we're being candid, right? And that's the idea, to be candid. However, I also will acknowledge that slot play generates tier credits faster. Slot play generates free slot play and ultimately, in the big picture, if they all balance each other out, that, that would be okay, too. So let's see how that went. This month, we were given $1.75 in free slot play. So just short of $2 in free slot play, or two days pay. Not, yeah, $2 in this math, but just short of two days pay in free slot play. And we only won $0.69. Cents in free slot play. So a really off month there. We had we had several months in a row where we won as much or more than we were given. I said at the time that that was unusual, that it didn't happen, that I usually got about half back of what I was given. And these this month, the numbers fell very much into line. The free slot play money did not cover the money lost. There is no way to look at it and say we did not lose cash money playing slots. And we may make that up in free slot play going forward, but we lost money playing slots this month using a combination of TRG slot strategy one and TRG slot strategy two, el numero dos. What else, what else, what else? So we had $7.08 in expenses to do the job of casino gambling. That includes all our expenses in April, so or all expenses in Atlantic City. So our expenses were higher because we spent a week on vacation in a variety of resorts. We spent some money on nights in hotels. All of those expenses are, as I said, roughly $7.08, just a little more than seven days pay, which gives us a profit and loss from gambling after expense. Well, let me start. With the slot loss, we have a profit and loss before expenses of $29.80. So our gambling profit and loss just short of 30 days pay. We had expenses of roughly seven days pay, a profit and loss after expenses of $22.72 if I made a dollar a day. Not bad. Don't know about you, but not bad. You take a week of vacation, 
you you gamble five days a week on average for the entire month and after some higher than normal expenses you end up with almost 23 days pay of extra revenue into your life if i'm not mistaken i mean correct me if i'm wrong but most people work four weeks a month five days a week 20 days most people work 20 days a month most people work 20 days a month i got compensated from gambling from working essentially 20 days a month more than 22 more than more than 20 days pay i got some overtime in my paycheck at the end of the month i told you right at the beginning that fully implemented and admittedly it's fair to say it took two years to fully implement because of things beyond my control but i knew it was true when i told you it on day one and day two and day three i knew when i told you i knew when that jerk who owns the website that made the app told me that i was lying and it was a lie and i was a fraud to tell you this was a reliable side hustle assertion proved i just demonstrated reliable side hustle more than 20 days pay for 20 days effort as take-home cash after expenses a lot more than that before expenses a reliable side hustle i'm gonna say demonstrated proved stamped reliable side hustle that's why i do this that's why i'm able to tell you from the very beginning from episode one that casino combat properly implemented is a reliable side hustle this will put a meaningful paycheck in your pocket if you are able to implement it properly let's look at the rest of it let's look at the rest of it comps seven days pay in comps perfect we had seven these are approximate to the penny seven dollars and two cents in comps offsetting seven dollars and eight cents in expenses on the if i earned a dollar a day scale the comps offset the expenses almost perfectly in match bets we got a little 12 cents in in match bets um that's because we're just not going places to do match bets more and more places are going to free bets we got two dollars and 43 three 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 cents in free bets over two days pay in free bets we got one dollar and 56 cents in gifts not bad not bad at all i'm not sure how much there else else there is to say we did fine on the comps we did fine on the free bets we did fine on the gifts i know what else there is to say once again with remorse sometimes doing this without a script means i miss things total value into our lives from gambling after expenses when you take the money won the money lost the free stuff we receive the free money to gamble the free money to play in slot machines the food the hotel rooms the show tickets the gifts when you take it all and you add it up it is $35.71 of value into our lives because we're good at the game of casino gambling folks that's what we've got that's what we did that's the wrap up for the month of April 2022 that's the demonstration that the core concepts the casino wisdoms the entire casino combat arsenal does in fact work 
You can see it all at the website. It's going to be, by the time you can hear this, it's going to be available on the website. Please tip your waitresses, tip your bartenders, tip your dealers. If you have a host, tip your host. Don't tip away your wins. I have spoken. Everything you heard here is true from a certain point of view. It's time for leaving, and I hope you understand I was born a rambling man. Love it, hate it, it don't matter. Please share with your family and friends. Goodbye, everyone. Thank you for listening. I will talk to you again very soon, I promise.